Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888 Money Pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. I'm Leslie Segretti. On air and online at moneypit.com. Welcome to the weekend. Hope you are having a great day. And if a home improvement project is part of your plan, part of our plan is to be here to help you. you got to help yourself first, though, and pick up the phone and call us. The number is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We've got a great hour planned for you. First up, more than any other room in your home, your dining room really calls for a touch of elegance. Don't you agree? But if it's it looks be more, fancy pants. it's got to be fancy, right? If you're going to have one, it's got to be the fancy room. Of course, it's always the fancy room that no one eats in. But it's still, of if you're going to have it, it's got <laughs> to be fancy. If it looks, however, more like a mess hall, there may be an easy DIY project that can change that in a flash. We'll tell you about it in just a bit. And since we are in the middle of summer, I wanted to just you know vent for a minute and really tell you what just bothers the heck out of me in the summertime: bugs. So if you are also bothered by the creepy crawly visitors around your home, we're going to tell you about some easy natural changes that you can make to send them running. And another downside to summer are the storms and the damage that they can cause to your beloved money pit. We'll have the step-by-step instructions you need to make sure your home hasn't been damaged when a storm rolls in. And also this hour, one lucky caller is going to get some relief from the heat. We're giving away a Cool Air 53. Now, it's an evaporative cooling unit. It can actually cool a space up to 400 square feet. It's worth 200 bucks. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question drawn at random from this hour's caller. So give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Now we've got Jeff in Illinois on the line who's dealing with a ventilation situation. What can we do for you today? Yeah, I should vent, vent a little bit because I had to insulate that attic up there. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so you know, it's an old addition, and when they built it, uh, they they covered the old gable up, and so when I went up there to insulate this uh, spring, I had to kind of cut a hole through the old gable end to get into the addition. Okay. And um, so my question is, do I need to like, should I keep cutting away at that, or do I? Uh, how do I? properly bent that. I don't want to cut the whole thing out because I suppose there's some support there. Okay, so they basically when you add the addition, they added it onto the gable end of the old roof. So when you go up in the attic, you kind of see the old roof structure and the old gable end where the vent used to be, correct? Right. In fact, and I couldn't get through there. I mean, there was the vent was too small for me to get through to, to get into the addition to insulate. Oh, so there wasn't even any access in there to insulate. And they didn't insulate when they uh, built the addition? They did. They did insulate. But but uh, you know how they um, how they actually uh, got it in there. I don't know. But, uh, I couldn't get to it. I know that. The answer to your question is that you want to basically treat each space separately in terms of ventilation. 
And the best type of ventilation is actually no longer do we consider gable vents to be the best type of ventilation. The best type of ventilation, a continuous ridge vent that goes down the peak of the roof matched with soffit vents at the overhang. So this way we take air in down low, we run it up under the roof sheathing and exit it at the ridge. And that cycle will repeat 24-7, 365. Yeah, the only problem is there's no soffits in this house. All right, so if you did want to improve the ventilation, you could use a a type of vent called a drip edge vent, which would require a little bit of carpentry. You'd have to extend or actually re-shingle the bottom layer of shingles at the edge. Uh, But the drip edge vent actually extends that roof line by about two inches and creates a continuous soffit. And if you go to uh, airvent.com, uh, that's the website for uh, the uh, CertainTeed air vent companies. I know they've got a, a good diagram of one right there. So, so that's the way to improve that. Now, if you if you can't do that or you don't want to do that for right, all the obvious reasons, and maybe you're not seeing that you have a big you know ventilation problem right now, then I guess what I would suggest to you is to put in the ridge vent since that's something that you can always do, um, and then couple that with as many other roof vents as you can. Jeff, thanks so much for calling eight 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 Money Pit. Now I've got Judy from South Carolina on the line who's working on a flooring project. How can we help you with that job? I have a house on slab. It's about 25 years old. Okay. And I wanted to put down either some laminate or some type of engineered hardwood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I needed to know if I should put down a moisture barrier of some sort, even though there has not been any type of moisture problem with the carpet. No, not necessarily. Uh, both of those products will have recommendations from their manufacturers, and they're all a little bit different. Now, some of the laminates have um, sort of a vapor barrier attached to the bottom mm, of almost them. Almost like an underlayment. Right. And both of them are floating floors, so they're not physically attached to the concrete. And you are correct that engineered hardwood is okay over, over concrete. Regular hardwood, of course, is not. It will buckle. But engineered is dimensionally stable. So both of those are excellent choices to go on top of a concrete floor. And as long as you follow the installation instructions, you won't have any problems. A very good source uh, for both laminate and engineered hardwood floors is lumberliquidators.com. Take a look at their website. They've got uh, they've got some floors there, Judy, that have a 100-year warranty. They're amazing. Okay. That sounds wonderful. All right, Judy, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, if you have a dull-looking dining room, even a complete DIY newbie can transform it into an elegant space with wainscoting. We'll tell you how after this. Uh, I'll take uh, ways to lose money, 1000 This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show. Alex. What is a money pit? Good. wood staining projects in just one day with new flood one coat waterproofing finish better yet let us do it for you if you win the take it easy sweepstakes we will no purchase necessary see flood.com for official rules and to enter 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit. If you do pick up the phone and reach us with your home improvement question, we'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat because one caller who makes it on the air with us this hour is going to win a Cool Air 53. It's a small portable cooling unit that is perfect for rooms like your kitchen where you need some relief from the heat. It has an eight-hour timer and a remote control. It's worth 200 bucks. Going to go out to one caller at one eight 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 Money Pit. So give us a call right now with your home improvement question for your chance to win. All right. Now up, we've got Paul calling in from Tennessee, who's got an issue with a water pump. Tell us what's going on. I'm getting some air in this well water. and The well is uh, uh, six and a half years old, as is the house. And it goes down 350 feet. And the casing goes down 105 feet where they grouted it. When they first put it in... uh, I was bothered by the amount of turbidity I had in it, and I was changing the whole house filter about once a week. And uh, I went back to the drilling company, and they said, well, it'll take about three months to quit that. Well, it was 36 months. (laughs) And then after about four years, I started getting some water hammer in the cold water, particularly in the the basement, although upstairs it'll do it too. But then um, I... I'm getting air out of the faucets uh, upstairs, uh, and it's collecting air from somewhere, and I can't figure out where. And as far as I know, the well tank with the bladder in it, the 40 pounds of air pressure over a bladder, that seems to be okay, Tom. Okay, yeah, that was the first thing I was going to think, that if you had a leak, leak in that bladder tank, that that would cause that. Um, other possible causes are bad siphons, but I'm not quite sure how you could test that without having all the gear that you would need. Have you had the well company come back and take another look at this, specifically for the air bubble problem? No, uh, because it's it's been quite a while, and they the guy they used to have there at the company in the daytime didn't seem to know much about it. In fact, when he told me three months it was going to clear up and it was 36 months, I I thought maybe I'm talking to the wrong guy, but I (laughs) haven't gotten a hold of him. Well, he told you three months because his warranty was 90 days, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul, obviously we're getting air into that system, and if it's not coming through the bladder tank, I'm not quite sure where it's coming in, and I think you're going to have to get a well expert there, a real expert that understands these things, uh, and, and try to see if there's any way they can determine exactly how the air is getting in. Do you have another well company that you might try? Yeah, there's uh, several of them here because this area is very rural, right at the edge of the Smokies. I would try another well company because you didn't have good luck with the first one and see if you can get to the bottom of it. But I agree with you. If it's not the tank, it's it, it more, more likely it's the pump. Okay. Well, very good, and thank you. I will try someone near local then and see if they can dope it out. All right, Paul, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if your dining room is more of a space you just pass through to get to the kitchen than a show place, you can change that pretty easily. It doesn't take a lot of do-it-yourself skill to add wainscoting. Now, wainscoting is a project that can be done in a weekend and enjoyed for years to come. And Liquid Nails, who is a proud sponsor of the Money Pit, makes it even easier to install wainscoting. That's right. Now, when you're thinking of your shopping list, you can actually buy pre-cut panels of wainscoting, and they're absolutely ready to just go right up on your walls. There are even some PVC options that are going to help you cut down on maintenance, but if you choose real wood, it's a good idea to let it sit in your home 
preferably in the room that it's going to go in for about 48 hours before you install it. That's going to allow that lumber to acclimate to the space and not shrink or expand you know, once it's installed, it'll do whatever it's going to do before you do it, before, it's, you know, while it's sitting there in the room acclimating. Now, when you're ready to install the wainscoting, you want to apply a quarter inch bead of Liquid Nails heavy duty adhesive all along the back edges of the panel, about an inch thick. Then make an X in the middle, press it in place, wait about a minute and press again. And truly, that's it. Yeah, it's really simple. You just do the same thing with the other panels, and you'll have a brand new dining room. You can add decorative trim on top using the same method if you like. Now, if you'd like more tips and tricks, plus more details on Liquid Nails brand heavy-duty construction adhesive, visit liquidnails.com. Carrie in Nebraska is dealing with a decking nightmare. Tell us what's going on. I'm having um, a problem with black strikes coming from a coated nail that was put into the cedar wood that we uh, did a replacement on a deck, and and uh, we found out that was the wrong thing to use, and now we, being that it's raining so much, uh, we've got all these black strikes coming off of each nail head. Yeah, cedar's very temperamental that way. If you use the wrong fastener with it, it's going to tell you about it. Uh, you might want to consider staining it. Now, even though it's cedar and it's naturally disease and decay resistant, if you don't stain it, um, it will ch- uh, check and crack over time. So it's still a good idea to put in a good quality sealer. So if you use a semi-transparent or a solid color sealer on that, you would eliminate the streaking problem. Well, we we had it already bought before um, this happened, but we haven't got to that stage because we wanted to. We we thought that removing the stains from each, you know, there's a million of them uh, right. in this deck that um, that should be done first before we seal it with the water. Uh. But I'm not talking about sealing it. I'm talking about staining it, okay? And if you use semi-transparent or solid color, solid color is going to have more pigment, and but you'll still see the grain come through it. But either semi-transparent or solid color exterior stain, I think, is the next step for you. So you don't necessarily have to seal it. There's not really a sealing step. You can just stain it with a semi-trans or a solid color exterior stain, and you'll be good to go. So there's no way to individually address these these black marks? No, because, I mean, sure, you could sand them out and all that, but, I mean, it would just be crazy to do that because they're only going to come right back. I'd rather see you, you know, apply a stain to the deck and, and just kind of cover it up. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your help. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And my God, depending on the size of the deck, like how many nails and how many stains <laughs> you have to deal right? with. Next up, we've got Ray in North Carolina who's dealing with a roofing problem. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Uh, make a long story short, I'm getting a new roof put on tomorrow. So I wanted to find out what questions to ask. Um, I've already asked a lot, as you can imagine. But uh, what is occurring right now is that I have very rotten fascia boards, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and um, the gutters seem to leak a little bit. So I'm concerned. It seems to be two separate entities, but when they put the roof on, um, what do I need to ask and what should I be looking for? This is, just so you know, it's a, uh, I believe it's called a, uh, a dimensional roof. You know, it's kind of the upgraded dimensional shingles. It's a dimensional shingle. Okay, well, first of all, first thing I check is the weather report. Let's make sure we're not running into a yeah, lot of rain. Luck, luckily, we're, we're, we're in good shape on that all end. All right, good. Good. Check. That's good. Now, next, um, are they taking off the old layer or are they Correct. putting a second layer? They're taking it off. Good. That's good. So, um, what do you need to ask? Well, first of all, you want to ask them how they plan to 
dispose of the old shingles. I mean, the right thing to do here is to put tarps around your house so that when they throw the shingles off the roof, you know, you don't end up with a million little pieces of this. So get the, get their sort of plan and their cleanup plan for this. Uh, in terms of that fascia, now that's not uncommon. And typically what happens is the gutters back up a little bit over the years and the water gets up there and it saturates against that fascia and it rots out. Now is the time, however, to replace that. To do that, though, you need to take the gutters down, obviously. Exactly. And, and my biggest question is, is that I've heard various things. Uh, you know, basically the roofer is saying, you know, it's, it's a separate uh, situation. We'll do the roof first because it's stupid to mess with the gutters as far as he's concerned because if you put new gutters up or, or whatever you do, it's going to create a mess. So let's do the roof first and then address the fascia and the gutters second. Is that, does that sound proper? It's fine. You could do it all at once or you could do it separately. Gotcha. It's a, one doesn't affect the other. You can put the roof on with the old gutters or the new gutters. So number one more thing I'm going to suggest to you, and that is instead of putting wood back up as a fascia, take a look at a product called Azek, A-Z-E-K. A-Z-E-K, right. Okay. It's an ex, uh, extruded PVC material. It's air and train, so it kind of looks like it has like sort of a wood structure to it, but it's made of PVC. So it doesn't rot, bugs won't eat it, and you'll never have to do it, deal with this again. And you and can't paint it. If they put it up it. properly, it should last, so to speak, forever. Forever, exactly. Very good. Well, that's a good idea. You're welcome, Ray. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Mavis in Iowa, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? Hi. A question about a front porch. I have a cement front porch, poured cement, and it doesn't have a very nice finish on it, um, and it's hard to keep clean. I'm wondering okay. what I could, could I paint it or put an epoxy finish on it or something? Well, you can certainly put an epoxy finish on it. I mean, that's uh, a nice thing to do. Make sure you use an epoxy that's rated for the exterior, and that will you know, be very attractive and easy for you to clean, which I think is your main concern, correct? Okay, yes. It, it, could I do that myself? Is that difficult to do? Sure. No, it's not difficult. If you can paint, you know, if you could paint a room, uh, you, could, okay. you could do this. Mm -hmm. The okay. difference is that with epoxy paints, it's a two-part mix. So you want to get the whole surface ready and when you're ready to apply the epoxy, you usually have to do a cleaning step in before it. But when you apply it, you want to do it, you know, at once because you're only going to have a couple of hours of working time with the product before it hardens. Okay. Do you have a particular brand you recommend? There's a number of different brands that are out there. Quickrete, yep, Quickrete's a good one. Uh, Bear has one. Uh, Rust-Oleum has one. And if you want even more options, there is a uh, company called Abitron that has uh, sort of commercial-grade products, and that's A-B-A-T-R-O-N.com, Abitron.com. Okay. Now, this will uh, withstand Northwest Iowa winters. Oh, it will. It and, will. Okay. And winters in other parts of the country as well. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, okay. And, you know, just make sure you put it down and uh, follow the label directions, and you should and be good to go. let it cure correctly. You know, give it enough yes. time to dry properly. Yes. Okay, and I'm sure it has to be certain temperatures that you do this in. And yep. I will try to do that. Thank you very much. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, ants, mosquitoes, raccoons, bats, all of them, they just love summer. Isn't that great? But we want you to know a great way to make sure they don't summer at your house. We're going to share that with you next.
good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And is summer your favorite season of the year? We just love the warm weather, the fresh air, and, and all the fresh produce that goes along with it. But unfortunately, bugs feel the very same way. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, banishing bugs is a problem that homeowners face all of the time. And, of course, you could call in the pros and exterminate, or you could actually try some natural ways to keep those little buggers away. Elisa Burnick from The Family Handyman is joining us with some great tips. And, Elisa, you say no chemicals are required to keep these buggies away? You know, there's a lot of great things just growing in your garden or things you can plant in your garden that are natural pesticides. And these are great things to try. And uh, the approach we have around here is you can try a variety of things because usually it takes a multi-pronged approach to, to get at these little buggers. So basically you can make your own personal environment a little less insect friendly. You may not get rid of all of them, but uh, perhaps you'll reduce the population to the point where you really notice the reduction. Absolutely. And also if you've got pets, if you've got kids, these are great things to try because you know, you're not going to do any damage, certainly, and you can really help the situation a lot without risking the health of your kids and your pets. And there's a lot of history to some of these solutions because there was a day when we didn't have pesticides and a lot of our forefathers used some of the tips that uh, you're offering in uh, the current edition of Family Handyman uh, to do just that. So let's start with ants. You say you can get rid of ants with mint or bay leaves. How does that work? The idea is you, of course, want to catch ants before they come into your house. And a good way to do that is to try planting a barrier of mint around your foundation. And as anybody who's ever grown mint knows, mint likes to grow fast. So it's, on the plus side, pretty easy to grow a lot of mint very quickly. It's beautiful. It blooms. It smells terrific to humans, but ants don't like it. So, um, and then you can also use it to cook with. So this is a great thing to try. Now, if you do have ants coming inside, and often you see them on your countertops and on your windowsills, uh, a great thing to use is bay leaves. So you can actually just set whole bay leaves around uh, kitchen food canisters behind them on your counter, and also sprinkle some crushed bay leaves along your windowsills because ants don't like the smell of bay. Hmm, that's really smart. Now, I tend to be like mosquito bait myself. So, and, and I never remember to put anything on myself, but for my son, I'm always taking care of him, long sleeve shirts, making sure he's protected, but the mosquitoes love to bite me. So what can I do? Okay, so, and we're uh, talking about natural remedies here. So one thing, and this is really great when you spend a lot of time outside during the summer on your deck, uh, lemongrass, which is an herb commonly used in Asian cooking. It's also a beautiful grass. You can plant lemongrass either in your garden or in containers on your deck around your patio. Now, lemongrass is, uh, contains citronella, and everybody knows about citronella candles. Well, this is a natural source of citronella, and it repels mosquitoes because mosquitoes don't like the smell of it. So just having it planted nearby means you're going to have fewer of them around. But also, if you cut lemongrass and mash it up and then rub the juice on your skin, that's a natural mosquito repellent. So that works great. And, you know, another thing is basil. Everybody grows basil. We cook with it. We love it. Well, mosquitoes don't like the smell of basil. 
So use it the same way I just mentioned with lemongrass in terms of planting it in your garden and also in containers all around your sitting areas in your backyard. Can you use it as a centerpiece? Is it effective enough that if you were dining out of doors, you could put smaller pots of it on the table and it would deter the mosquitoes while you're dining? You know, I think that is well worth trying. And a lot of the herbs, you know, the very smelly herbs, uh, those are the things that are going to repel mosquitoes and other insects as well. So I think you could grow some really beautiful decorative planters and use them, yes, as a centerpiece and do big planters of them around. And I think it would have a very significant effect. Well worth trying. We're talking to Elisa Burnick. She's an associate editor at Family Handyman Magazine about some natural ways to control insect populations around your house. And here's something that's natural to any do-it-yourselfer, duct tape. You say that we can use that to stop crickets from coming in. How, How so? We love duct tape around here. Who doesn't? <laughs> duct tape, multi-use. Well, what we've discovered is, and I, I did this myself, so I know this from personal experience, we had a lot of crickets uh, down at the end of the summer each year for years, and we just couldn't figure out where are they coming from and why are they here. And I like crickets. I like them well enough, but I'd rather they st- uh, stayed outside, not down in my basement. So what we did was we just ripped off strips of duct tape and laid them out sticky side up and left them down there. And we'd come back 24 hours, 48 hours later, and they were filled with crickets. And I just wrap them up, throw them away, do another strip of duct tape. It works great. Now, that said, this is a temporary measure, right, duct tape. To really permanently banish crickets, you need to seal the entrances by caulking around windows, and also they like damp areas. So if you really have a problem, you need to dehumidify them. Well, this is terrific information. Lots of things we haven't thought of before. Elisa Burnick from Family Handyman Magazine, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. We encourage you to go to familyhandyman.com and take a look at the information that uh, Alicia has provided. She's got tips here on getting rid of drain flies, how to handle larger pests like raccoons and skunks, mice, you name it. It is online at familyhandyman.com. Elisa, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Absolutely. It was wonderful to talk with you. Hurricanes, tornadoes, floods. Well, Mother Nature certainly does work overtime in the summer. Thank you very much. But after they've passed, how do you know if your home's actually been on the receiving end of some damage? We're going to tell you how to give your house a thorough post-storm checkup after this. Live in a body pit. wood-staining projects in just one day with new Flood One Coat Waterproofing Finish. Better yet, let us do it for you. If you win the Take It Easy sweepstakes, we will. No purchase necessary. See Flood.com for official rules and to enter. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Giving away a great way to beat the heat this summer. Our prize for one caller to the Money Pit is a Cool Air 53. It's an evaporative cooling unit that can cool up to 400 square feet. And it only weighs 25 pounds. And it uses about the same amount of electricity as a crock pot. It's worth 200 bucks. Going to go out to one caller drawn at random from those who get on the air with us this hour. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Dennis in Michigan's on the line with a septic tank question. Dennis, tell us what's going on, because the whole idea of septic tanks, I know about them, it still grosses me out. What's going on? Yeah, I have a 1,500-gallon septic tank, and I moved into my house in 2007, and 
the neighbors say they pump theirs every four years, but I've called numerous septic tank guys, and they say two years, four years maximum. And uh, I was just curious, uh, what do you recommend? Well, how many people are in the house and how many bathrooms? Uh, actually, actually, there's two people, me and my wife. Well, it's interesting that the neighbors do it every four years, but you call the guys that get paid for pumping, and they go, oh, no, do it every two years. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's why we get to charge you twice in four years. Yeah, that's why I was just curious. There's so much discrepancy. Well, and I think with just two people in the house like that, if you did it every four years, you'd be fine. Have you ever done it at all? No, but I do open up the tank uh, every year, and I've got a cover on it, and I look inside, and it's it's not overflowing, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, it's to get some of the solids out of the bottom of it. It's not because it's going to fill up and overflow. But if you did it once every few years, I think you'd be fine. Oh, okay. I appreciate that. All right. Thanks so much for calling us. 888 Pit, where we happily answer all of your poop questions. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what part of the country that you live in. Your home is probably going to get clobbered by a serious storm during its lifetime. Sorry to tell you, but that's inevitable. Now, you need to be prepared to inspect your home to check if there's been any damage. Stanley Tools, a proud sponsor of the Money Pit, has some advice on how to do just that. Now, it's going to be easy to spot things like broken windows, but some easy-to-miss things that could add up to big trouble down the road. Look for bulging walls, doors that won't close, or new cracks on interior walls. These could mean that your foundation flooded and you'll need to call in a pro to figure out what the level of damage is. Also, check to see if any electrical appliances got wet, and if so, replace that appliance. Now, if water breached your heating system, it's time to call in a pro because you want to examine all sides of your home from the ground up to check it out thoroughly. Also, take a look out for wind damage. You can do that with the binoculars from the outside. And look at the siding, the trim, and the soffits for any piece of that that might have been ripped off in those high breezes. Mm -hmm. Now, your home inspection can go a lot easier if you're armed with the right flashlight. Stanley makes a three-in-one tripod flashlight that actually lets you separate the light in three different directions, or you can team them up for one super powerful LED beam. It's also going to stand up on its own when your hands are busy. You can learn more about it at stanleytools.com. All right, now we've got Barton, Iowa on the line with a water heater issue. Tell us what's going on. I've got a uh, water heater. I'm not sure the age of it. It's been in the house since we've been there, four or five years or more. And above it, where the cold water comes in, there's a pipe and a kind of a joint fitting that's kind of leaking, kind of a green and white substance. It seems to be right. water dripping off of that, but it's kind of yep. pooling on the top of the water heater and then down the side, and then it's draining. I Luckily, my floor drains right there. It's not excessive, but definitely not what it should be. I'm just kind of curious, maybe my best solution for that. Well, um, what you do have is a leak, and what you're seeing in the green and white residue is uh, mineral salt deposits that basically when the water evaporates, it leaves its salts behind and the salts react with the copper and, and make this multicolor kind of stain that you're seeing that been, can be pretty attractive, but not too good for your pipes. So what you have to do here is repair this leak. And if it's in a joint, uh, a solder joint, it probably just has to be resoldered. And if it's not happening, you know, if it's not a major leak, you can do it, you know, next time you have a plumber in your house and kind of put it on the list. But don't rub it or try to clean it because that mineral salt also acts as kind of like a scab. And if you wipe it away, it might start to leak even more. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I've got a couple of places. I was wondering if, because I, I figured it was some type of mineral deposit, if it was coming from my um, 
water softener. I don't know if right. cold water going into a water heater would be softened <laughs> ahead of time. I guess to have hot water in the store, it might be. Water that's that uh, is evaporating is going to release its salts. So that's what you're seeing. Sure. Okay, Bart? Yeah, definitely. Yep. I appreciate it. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You bet. Now we've got Joe from Maine on the line who's dealing with some pesky mildew that doesn't want to go away and stay away. Tell us what's going on. I was talking about a shower thing, and I saying that they, they have two pots, and we we put the uh, cork in there, we take it out, because it's yeah, mildew behind the wall and stuff. I used Mean Green and took it out and stuff, but it keeps coming back about a month later. The customer keeps calling back another one, and then, you know, sometimes with mildew on the porches, we clean it with this Mean Green, it works. But it seems to be seeping through. So I didn't know if there was some kind of grandma remedy that uh, is out there for the Clorox or this and that that's easy to use and not as chemical and everything else and stuff. Now, is there caulk at the seam, Joe? Yeah, just in the, the bottom half and stuff. But, I mean, isn't there a chemical that was cut completely that once you caulk it, that it, it won't seep through or... Well, no, because what happens is the condensation occurs from the surface. Um, now, in terms of the caulk, there are caulks that you can use that have mildicides in them. In fact, DAP has a line uh, with a product inside of it called Microban, which is very effective at, at stopping uh, mold from being able to grow on the surface. So it's a combination of trying to dehumidify as much as you possibly can um, and then uh, using the appropriate product. So in your case, that would be probably to, to remove and replace that caulk and then to add a timer to, to the fan. Um, otherwise, it's going to probably keep coming back over and over again. Hope that helps you out, and thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, with all the humidity in the air, it's important to be on the lookout for mold. We'll have tips on how to keep it from growing in your home after this. You live in a Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Or head on over to the website at moneypit.com and post that question on our website. All right. And Doug did just that from Pennsylvania. And he wrote, I'm painting the trim all throughout my home's interior. I've always heard to be careful of too much sheen. Why? Sheen looks clean to me, but I don't want to be sorry later. Well, sheen does look clean, but if you use it on the wrong wall, it will look bumpy and gross. And that's why it's okay to use sheen and preferably semi-gloss, which is sort of a medium sheen, on trim or maybe even doors, but you do not want to use it on your walls or ceilings because those walls and ceilings are naturally very bumpy. Even if it's brand new walls, wherever you have a nail and spackle that's been pushed through that wall, it's going to look different than the wall surface around it. And because it's such a big surface, whenever the light hits it, either the daylight or even worse, uh, lighting fixtures, when those light bulbs shine on it, you will see every imperfection in the wall if you have a shiny surface. If you have a flat surface, it will sort of not bounce around and it will look beautiful. So that's why you use Sheen 
only on trim and use it very, very selectively. Mm -hmm. And semi-gloss really is the best choice. And if you're doing a media room, you might even want to bump that down to like pearl just because even though I know it sounds silly, but trim work can really produce a lot of reflection in a media room. So if you're using it in that space, bump it down one more notch even further. All right, Celia in New Mexico writes, I need to seal some gaps around pipes to prevent air leaks between the floors. I know there's different kinds of foam. Which is the best for what I need? Yeah, that's a great question. Now, there are a number of different spray foams that you can use. The company Great Stuff makes a whole series of them. For the most part, if you're going to just look for a foam that's going to expand and fill fill that space, you're going to use the original Great Stuff formula, which dries sort of very hard and stiff. That said, if you're going to use foam to seal a gap around a window or a door, and you don't want that gap to expand and squeeze on the window or the door to make it hard to operate, you use the window and door version, which basically dries and remains spongy. So as long as you choose the right kind of foam, then you won't have any problem applying it. Another key is that if you overspray it, which is easy to do because it's under a lot of pressure, let it dry first and then cut the excess away. Don't try to you know, use a putty knife and scrape it away because it just gets really messy. Let it dry and then, you know, use, use a utility knife and just cut the extras away. It's really easy to do. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If this is your first adventure with Great Stuff, you might want to also pick up a pack of those Great Stuff wipes. <laughs> it truly is one of the only things that's going to get it off of your hands. So if you get it on something or on yourself, it does a great job of getting rid of it. You'll know you've got what you need on hand to get it off of yourself because if it's your first trip out with it, you might do so. <laughs> Well, it's summer vacation season and a great time to redo a kid's room. Leslie's got some fun and easy ideas for sprucing up spaces for your youngest family members in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, this is the perfect time of year to design a room makeover for your kids. Because they're around. You want to get them in on the planning and then let them help with the project. Now, storage always seems to be an issue. So set up some show-off storage for those action figures and Barbie dolls. Now, you can do this by adhering iron-on pockets. You know, make a little pocket, put some of that iron-on adhesive on the backside, and then you just press it onto an existing curtain. This way they can pop their little toys right into those pockets and keep them organized and also kind of show them off. Now, you can create a scheduling center on a door with some chalkboard paint. If you're looking for a fun way to get a geography lesson and brighten the space, put a United States map or a global map between a tabletop and a layer of clear plastic or glass, and then you can let your kids add it with a dry erase marker. It's great for geography lessons. It's just a lot of fun to talk about places that you've been or places that you dream about going. Now, keep the kids' interests in mind, and they'll really love hanging out in their new space, which means they're out of your hair, right? Absolutely. (laughs) This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, rocks can be a beautiful addition to your yard unless there's a big one in the way of your building project. We'll tell you how to bust up a boulder the easy way on the next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.